episode 18. My name is Dave Hunt, and I'm joined by Michael Swick. How's it going? I'm actually kind of awake today. It was 60 degrees in Chicago, which is amazing. Yeah, so was, I actually have energy. It was pretty warm here today, too. Um, it was like in the 50s here. So I took Owen to the park yesterday because it was, you know, 44 and sunny. <laughs> On my way home, I got home from work around like 5 o'clock, and there were so many people barbecuing in 53, 50 degree weather. It was kind of hilarious but that that is the midwest yeah i was gonna say like this is that like you know flip-flops and shorts weather when it gets 50 yeah. degrees yeah <laughs> where you see people in hoodies and shorts yeah so i mean there was that dad at the park that just had his t-shirt on i'm like uh you're crazy so like it's i was hoping that you know it only lasts so long but it didn't he kept watching yeah so. that was the weather yeah so. Uh, we are Digital Days Gaming. We are a podcast that covers all platforms of gaming. We'll talk about how that has grown more this week for us. Um, and uh, for those of you that were watching a little bit earlier, I have a new device, a, a new toy that I'm messing with that hopefully will make the stream sound better, make um, at least at, in the in the beginning part, make myself sound better. Um, and then if this is something that really does work, then we will probably look at it getting an upgrade for Michael as well. Um, so I can have... Uh, less I, I don't know if you guys hear it or don't hear it but i'm also bothered by when i'm typing or clicking or moving things around while we're recording so this should hopefully negate a lot of that i have a lot of stuff very close to my left hand now of things that i can change and adjust so it's something that i hope to be a great piece of tech for us in the future and to make us sound better for you guys most of you already think that we sound fine but it's just a slight step forward in helping it make it even a little bit better so and that's a It'll kudos to you guys. Sound, yeah. uh, it would fix your furnace sound. For the live stream, yes. Yeah, and for your Audacity recording, because everything... So just real quick, like I have a USB interface of this device. It's called the Go XLR Mini. Um, it plugs directly into my gaming PC, because that's where, when I do stream, primarily the audio would be coming from. Um, and I have some line-in and line-outs from my streaming PC into this device where I have different faders that I can control people and activate a noise gate. So this and the noise gate that Michael just heard can trigger very quickly. <laughs> yeah, we spent about 15, 20 minutes just trying to get that going. Yeah, so, um, but that could, it would knock out your furnace, I believe. So but, Hopefully, at least for the live streamers and then at home, I just yeah. have to upgrade my mic sooner rather than later yeah but you but, and i have the same mic oh that's true yeah. but luckily it was 50 degrees out so my furnace shouldn't <laughs> kick on because i have it set to 67 right now yeah so, so we should be fine um thank you guys so much for listening hopefully you're still here if you're li watching us live on twitch twitch.tv slash digital days gaming um and you can hang out in the chat and you can also watch the replay and then we post the show every thursday morning at 6 a.m you can get it on wednesday mornings at 6 a.m if you choose to be an early access patreon supporter got a couple uh new supporters last week so thank you guys very much for that um you can go to patreon.com digital days gaming and check that out it's something you can support us however you choose and it, just by listening and sharing the show is more than enough we appreciate everyone that's doing that we've had a pretty good couple of weeks we found out that you guys really like josh <laughs> yeah people do like josh um but but we had to fire him so yeah. <laughs> as you heard josh say it, it seems like his his hobbies and, and time have gone a different direction but that won't be the last time you hear from him in 2020 i'm sure we'll get him on at least one or two more times so yeah. um but 
we will do what we can. We are um, seeking out some other guests as well. I've got some stuff in the works for that. Michael's got some things in the works for that as well. If there are people that you would like us to interview or talk to or even just do a show with that you'd like to hear, um, let us know, and then we'll see what we can do. Maybe tag them on Twitter and tag us as well. We'll see if we can get some interaction going and uh, build some, you know, build some cool networking so uh you can listen to us on pretty much every podcast service that's available if there's something that you listen to us on that does not work um let us know and we'll try to see if we can be added to that uh, i think we're on pretty much everything um but I, there's a couple that we just can't get to work that i don't think too many people use so yeah no one's complained yet yeah uh leave us a review if at all possible i know you can leave us a review on apple you can leave us a review like on podcast edit um google play i think you can um but mm -hmm. just leave us a review and then share the show on social media i've seen a lot of you guys doing that lately and that's been much um very appreciative but all right we're gonna jump into the news and something i'm just almost getting to the point of tired of hearing about <laughs> uh, I, I, what part uh so playstation has announced that they are pulling out of gdc as well as PAX East. PAX East is coming up really soon, I believe next week. Mm -hmm. uh, Sony was hyping up their PAX East involvement. It was going to be the first place that uh, we were going to have The Last of Us Part 2 playable. So that was going to be pretty, pretty big. Uh, but they pulled out out of concerns for the coronavirus. Uh, on a PlayStation blog, uh, Sony Interactive entertainment uh basically just added a update to their pax east announcement and their statement was today sony interactive entertainment made the decision to cancel its participa uh, participation at pax east in boston this year due to increasing concern concerns related to the coronavirus uh we felt this was the safest option as the situation is changing daily we are disappointed to cancel our participation in this event, but the health and safety of our global workforce is our highest concern. So obviously this was not, uh, this is something that Sony as a company had to like really think about because they already had spent the money for PAX East. That floor, that floor space is already done. All these demos, which are usually done like on the side from mm -hmm. the main developments, they're just a that vertical. Was all done. It's a vertical slice of the game that they pull out. That's normally with Naughty Dog has nothing to do with the game. Yeah, it it will be it will be completely different in the final product of the game, and they would probably continue that with this. These are and demos are usually they they you know they're they're vertical slices, but they are separate things that they have to work on. So all this work went into a lot of these demos. And I'm guessing all the plane tickets are already purchased. They were all ready to go booth, whatever their booth was going to look like. That stuff was already finished and ready. But due to the coronavirus uh, situation, they just decided it would be the best thing for them as a company to protect their employees and not participate. Uh, interesting enough, uh, the mayor of Boston actually came out uh, saying that there's a really low risk i believe that it was extremely low and said there's no reason for anyone to cancel their plans to visit boston uh i believe there was like one case uh in boston or in the state of massachusetts uh so far uh but he just was very adamant in saying that sony leaving is unnecessary and 
you know, there's nothing to fear in the city of Boston for this. Um, in addition, I believe uh, Facebook uh, had pulled out, or Oculus more specifically, had also pulled out of GDC uh, and uh, PAX East. Uh, but on top of this, Sony, who usually has a big presence at GDC, they also pulled out along with Facebook and a couple other uh, like business dev uh, companies pulled out of GDC as well. Uh, it's kind of kind of crazy that all this is happening. You know, like GDC is in March. Uh, PAX East is only like a week away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all this stuff is like Sony is like, watching out for their employees and they're just like it's not worth the risk uh paxis is in boston so most likely they would have just flown out like their sony uh, america staff to this uh and then gdc they probably would have flown people out from japan to san francisco so it makes to me it makes more sense why they would just say we're, it's not worth you know international flights for gdc mm-hmm. uh as opposed to uh, the Boston situation, but again, they want to just be precautious right now. So can't blame Sony for wanting to protect its workers. Yeah, I mean, there's a heavy employees. advisement not to travel, like or not to mm-hmm. fly. Um, just because yeah. you're pretty much when you're in a plane, you're in a giant petri dish. <laughs> so, yeah. So I mean, I can, I guess, I can see that. And then the concern would obviously be, you know, if God forbid, like somebody comes into PAX East that has that virus unknowingly, obviously unknowingly has it, like the amount of damage that could be done in a small space like that could be, you know, catastrophic. And, and would, what they probably want to avoid is you always hear about like convention flu, you know, the E3 flu, PAX flu. Usually people walk away from these conventions, especially the video game ones, because everyone's just touching the controllers and VR headsets you usually walk away from these conventions kind of sick anyways. So the idea that you would walk away sick and then you also have the fear of the coronavirus, like in the back of your head, that would just lead to potential, you know, scares. I know personally, like, you know, every other E3, I've walked away with it with like a head code for like one or two days. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's probably usually from the flight alone. Right. So I, I I don't blame anyone for at this time not wanting to do any sort of flying and going into a convention packed with people. Uh, especially if you're going to international airports, you know, it's just better to be precautious. Yeah. So I mean, I know a lot of people are giving them grief, and you know, like it's just it's just this year. It just sucks that it's like so many things are lining up. Of you know, like we've been talking about, like what does Sony have to show? Like now they have to show not have to they have the ability to show last of us 2 and then hopefully ghost of shishima and then the concern around gdc was that might have been the place where they go here's the ps5 like but again i don't feel like that platform is is good is gdc is not a good enough platform to do a console reveal that's a place no, where I, you reveal accessories no. or or they've re, they they revealed psvr there as project morpheus i believe it, it was called at the time mm-hmm. um but I don't think that that's where you sit there and like hold a press conference and have, you know, I, I just I'm at the point now where they should just do a state of play dedicated to PS5. I feel like that might be the direction we're heading until at least we get through summer. And I wouldn't blame them for for doing that at all. 
if they wanted, depending on how good this demo is for The Last of Us, uh, they could always just release that demo on PSN. And like, hey, this demo is already made. Maybe have Naughty Dog like fix it up a little bit because convention demos can sometimes be a little bit broken. And you just, when you're at a convention, you just, you know, even a consumer convention like PAX, you just kind of accept that like, hey, the demo might be a little broken. Maybe they tighten that demo out and just, you know, give it to people to just hold people over because people are like they're they really want ps5 news uh, they want something from playstation right now anything so maybe just release that demo or some of these demos that they were going to have at the show on psn i don't feel like they're obligated to do that that's got data mining uh, written all over it <laughs> <laughs> I, hopefully they're careful with it uh I it's one of those things where I I don't blame Sony at all for for doing this. Uh, I'm sure there's people with conspiracy theories on why uh, they're pulling out of all these shows, but there's no reason for them to like, you know, risk anything in this current climate. Uh, it sucks for the people that, you know, bought their tickets for PAX East. I'm sure some people bought a ticket for PAX East just to play The Last of Us Part Two. And they're not going to be able to get that now. Uh, but there's going to be plenty of stuff to play at PAX. Uh, but I'm assuming, you know, if you go to PAX, you are going to want to play like one or two specific games. And if you're really looking forward to any of the Sony games, that they're just not going to be there. That sucks. Uh, but there's going to be other stuff to play there. Because um, I didn't hear anything about PAX issuing any refunds or anything. Right. Uh because uh, why why would they they have a ton of other stuff for people to enjoy but you never know in these types of situations when like a whole publisher pulls out you wonder if people would want to refund for their ticket yeah but i mean i think if i was pax you know if somebody was like saying i want a refund because such and such isn't going to be there like that's a dicey thing i'm sure there's something in their terms of service about it but oh for sure i'm also like i think you're Personally, I think you'd be a little crazy if the only reason you're going to PAX is to sit in line just to play The Last of Us. Like, But here's the thing. Just like a comic book convention, I know you don't do comic book conventions, you would sometimes, you might go to a comic convention just because you want to see this one artist or you want to go to this one panel. So there are people that would do that for sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not demeaning anybody, but I think that you're, in, you, in that person's mind, you're buying a ticket to do that. But in, you know, PAX East mind, you're buying a ticket to PAX East and they're still providing PAX East to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Their terms of service probably take care of any sort of issue like that. I'm sure there's a, cub, a card subject to change thing written a thousand different ways when you purchase that ticket. Right. Yeah. Uh, but the GDC one, I think that one might be a bigger deal because uh, GDC, that's where all the business deals happen. Uh, that's where the, the, the dev outreach. Yeah takes place uh but they can still do some small things at gdc i mean they're they're based they're, like i believe most of their yeah i think sony pulling out is more or less them saying that our presence isn't going to be as large as it, as it normally is but they're still going to have sony of i know it doesn't exist anymore but sony of america which is yeah, based which out is of san, san francisco Mateo. is still gonna make that drive there because even um when the couple years we've been at e3 the last the last Sony wasn't at, we still saw Sony corporate signs or PlayStation corporate signs for 
like having um they still had like a a very private mixer at a hotel that we were by yeah i remember when we walked by we saw that door and we were just like uh uh-huh yeah so i mean i didn't see anybody that i recognize but i'm sure that there is still business like sony handles their business very as i as i would assume any corporation does handles their business very privately when needed Oh yeah, for um, sure. And then, in retrospect, people are like, "Well, Microsoft's not doing it, you know, not changing their their approach." Well, remember, Microsoft is an American-based company that also doesn't really have any footprint in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, I would say that ninety percent of their employees are probably based out of the U.S. and Europe as a combination. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, like it does suck. But I think that in overall, I'm starting to to wonder, is this, you know, like we've been talking about it a little bit. Do you think that any of these problems with coronavirus are going to push the generation into 2021? I have a weird feeling that some people have already theorized that this might happen to where it's just going to push stuff to because Sony, you know, we, we they have to worry about like the coronavirus. Microsoft does too because their stuff's produced in uh, China. Correct. But Sony also has like the manufacturer cost things, which the reason the costs are so high currently is there's like a race to get the supply. So there's like a shortage that uh, Sony could, in theory, if they waited out, can get the parts they want at the price they want. So it wouldn't be the worst thing for them financially to push to march and hope the price and the supply demand change in their favor but do you think they want to release their next gen hardware not in a holiday season that's what they would have to figure out or they go the route of this is like the the the, the corporate route that would be beneficial to them possibly though i'm no business expert you you you, you say screw it we'll we'll release the ps uh five at like five hundred dollars or whatever uh because these supply costs are just too high so we have to release it at five hundred dollars and then when that supply straightens out in a couple months then it's not going to cost them that much and then they either can keep the console at five hundred dollars or drop the price and then you know change their their loss i don't think they can drop i don't think they can drop the price of their console in six months they get crucified no 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 but they would have the option to do that once the supply thing works itself out or if the ps5 still sells really well at this higher premium price they have no reason to have to lower it and their profit just gets bigger on that once the supply figures itself out Mm -hmm. so like they have options to go it's just a matter of do they want to miss the holiday they can't do a year difference they can't just push it to holiday 2021 because they saw what that does the xbox 360 had a huge lead over the ps3 because they were a year apart mm-hmm. sony eventually closed the gap but it took like five to eight years for them to close that gap and i don't know if they want to put themselves in that situation when they can they can probably deal with like a, a not releasing in the holiday and then waiting until march they can probably survive giving microsoft that much of a gap but anything more than that they they have to worry about putting themselves into that xbox 360 ps3 situation where the competition especially it doesn't sound like microsoft's having to worry about prices yeah as far as we know right now do you think that 
Microsoft, whatever Microsoft, whatever direction Microsoft chooses to go, that that will force Sony's hand either way. Like if Microsoft figures out a way to say, and they come out and say, this is how much our system costs, this is when it's coming out. Do you think that that would just force Sony? Or do you think that Sony will just say, you know what, we're just going to wait until March or April when it's more beneficial and easier for us to manufacture? I, I guess it, it it comes down to when Microsoft makes that announcement. Because now we're at the point where Microsoft has to be the one that makes the first move. And it's just going to have to depend on what prices look like for manufacturing for Sony. What's, and what's your cutoff day though? Like there, what, what, what's D day for you of when we have to know when these consoles are coming out and how much they cost. Oh, it's, it's funny. You're jumping ahead a little bit because there's oh. someone that did ask a question. So <laughs> let me just put his question in right now. So, uh, Randy S. Asked, That's what I get for not Feb- reading the whole document before we start recording. <laughs> <laughs> uh, February is almost over with no PS five event yet. Do you think we will get one before the end of the month? No. Uh, would you prefer <laughs> that we didn't get one in February? but a day later instead. And finally, what can Microsoft do to guarantee at least second place in a console wars next gen? Um, or, or guarantee that they won't play second. So the first part of thing, I don't, so Sony can't take pre-orders until they name a price. Correct. Uh, at least with most, um, you know, retailers, they can't do that. I'm sure GameStop is already taking pre-orders despite there not being a price. I think there needs to be like a six month gap uh, between the announcement of the price and the release date. At at least. So I think they would have to figure this out by like April or May. Yeah, April 1st. Is, April 1st is my day. So April Fool's Day. So well, I mean, it's just, price. yeah, it's, I mean, it's April. I know, I know. Yeah. Um, because if it's going to cost $500, like that's a financial commitment that the consumers need to you know i don't have 500 dollars right now <laughs> yeah i i was thinking about that too just like if they if it released tomorrow would i be able to buy it yes but i shouldn't right um th- i think they need to give at least like a six month gap just so people can put money away and save for it uh because if they if they if they push it, you know, and they're like, oh, we're not going to announce it till TGS, and then it'll be out in a month or two, that's not going to be good. They can't Sega do, they, failed. Yeah, they can't do that. So <laughs> Sega, I believe, did that like once or twice with one of their consoles, where they like said, and it's available today, and that didn't work out for them. Uh, you, you can't do that nowadays, especially when you're asking people to shell out potentially five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think I'd be, I, me personally, if I got like a three month advance, that would be fine for me. But that's because I'm crazy and don't mind hurting myself a little bit for the latest technology. But I think six months is like reasonable. Yeah, I mean, like a time. We're at this point, though, like where either game companies have gotten better at shutting down leaks. Like, I am surprised that nothing like we haven't heard rumblings because like, even when Horizon was in very early development, we heard, you know, Gorilla working on a, you know, a dinosaur mech game. Like, that's what we were hearing. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't heard anything, at least not that I've seen come across, you know, like of what, you know, like maybe Sony Ben's working on or what Gorilla could be working on. Yeah, like Gorilla hired the guy from like Rainbow Six and people are like, so calm, like, shut up. Like, you don't know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
it, just because they took a tactical shooter, like that doesn't mean it, you know, or, you know, we've been here. And again, it's, it's, it, we always hear about the Assassin's Creed ones, but we've been hearing rumblings about, you know, Assassin's Creed Ragnarok, but we haven't heard like anything about next gen games or what studios are working on or what things are happening. And, you know, if the plan was for, you know, something to come out in holiday 2020, like there's got to be one or two games that Sony's working on that should be ready this year <laughs> that would be almost close to gold in the next three to four months. Unless Sony's going to just hit us with that thing that Microsoft's doing of like, we're not going to have any exclusives the first six months to a year, two years. Which I expect because nothing's forcing their hands. Mm -hmm. but yeah if you look at their their studios like ben's release days gone last year they probably don't have anything ready right now horizon zero dawn 2 is the only like reasonable thing that they can release i still think insomniac can probably release a spider game spider-man game really quick just because yeah. they already built new york and you can't take spider-man out of and, new york and i think there's enough time for um santa monica post god of war they could have something close yeah, I mean, at least the same year as Spider-Man, so 2018. So maybe we can at least get an announcement along with the console announcement. Uh, and, uh, and don't get me wrong. We've probably heard, not holiday. We've heard rumors about what's in PS5, like in terms mm -hmm. of the hardware, but we haven't heard about a game. Yeah, I Godfall mean, right. is the only thing. I mean, like, but I'm talking about there even hasn't, like Jason Schreier hasn't, you know, written an article about, you know, I don't even know, like so and so working on it. I don't even. I, I can't even think of like the, a ridiculous thing to say of like, you know, gorillas working on something with you know, like, again, like dino, like similar to like dinosaur mechs. Because when we heard that about dinosaur mechs, we're like, oh, kill zone. You know, it's like a kill zone thing with me you know, and then it turned into Horizon. Mm -hmm. Like nobody, I don't think anybody thought that they were gonna make an R, an open world RPG that centered around a bow. No, though there was talk since i want to say around killzone 3 that they were messing around with an idea of an rpg but no one knew what that meant at mm -hmm. the time like i don't think anyone to your to your point would have predicted it would have been a third the game person that horizon ended yeah. up as it, it, it's it's like the same thing and again i don't want to tie everything to it but if you started hearing rumblings of bungie working on a game like your first instinct is first person shooter and I think for mm -hmm. a long time, Gorilla was in that same boat because the only thing they had produced was first-person shooters. Just like if yeah. we hear Sony San Diego's working on a new game, everybody's going to think it's going to be a sports-based game. Yeah, even though they dabble in a bunch of other stuff right. that they just don't get credit for. Yeah, people are just like, oh, maybe they're going to make another basketball game. Yeah, similar mm -hmm. to, I, you could say the same thing about Sucker Punch at this point in time. If Sucker Punch is working on a game, it's a third-person action game. You know, yeah, obviously they're working they're on Ghost, they're working on Ghost of Tsushima, which is a third-person action game. But I'm saying, if you heard rumblings that they were working on a new game, like we have all these studios that have their niche. Yes, Guerrilla took a turn, and it was a great turn, and you know, but now everybody wants them to go back, which is just weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, and and we keep hearing uh, Bad Seventy Six is saying in the chat, like we we we'll talk about it, I'm sure, but we keep hearing about like games that are going to be ready or are, are just going to work on PS five. So, or, or, or Xbox series X, like they, like um, they just had a huge tournament for rainbow six and they're like, yeah, we're just going to take the game to PS five, which means that it's probably just going to look a little better. <laughs> like, yeah, you can't have a competitive shooter function differently, you know, on 
you, you can, because it functions differently on PC than it does on console, but most of those tournaments are, co- are PC tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think them just continuing the, you know, Rainbow Six, it, just going forward like that. Like, I don't expect Division or Destiny or Anthem 2.0 if it, if it happens. Um, you know, like the, all the games we've been talking about, Cyberpunk, Watch Dogs, like the, they're not talking about PS5. They're talking about PS4. And like I've been speculating of it just is going to work better on PS5. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, let's just uh, move on to the next story since we can speculate for days on <laughs> what's going to happen next gen because everything's a mystery right now. Um, so Jason Schreier at Kotaku. Huh. <laughs> yeah, let's just talking about him. Uh, so apparently he found out that uh, EA canceled another Star Wars game last year. Uh, there is going to be a Star Wars Battlefront spinoff developed by EA Vancouver and Criterion Games, and they canceled it. EA canceled it, which would be the third Star Wars game they have canceled since 2015. So uh, the, the timeline goes, uh, Visceral were working on Ragtag with Amy Hennig, or that was like the code name. That was canceled. The assets for that were then sent to their studio in Vancouver, who were going to make an open-world Star Wars game. That was codenamed Orca, and it was going to be made all the way up until 2018, and then EA canceled it because they wanted to kind of rush them through making an open-world game using assets from the Ragtag game that was canceled. So they canceled Orca, and then uh they realized that next gen consoles were coming out in 2020 so then they tapped the vancouver studio that they just canceled a game for and criterion to work together to make something that was codenamed viking and this was supposed to be out this holiday uh but uh it sounds like the idea of having a vancouver team working with a london team together turned out to be difficult as hell you know cross-country development you know they were supposed to work kind of arm in like hand in hand arm in arm on this and that didn't work out and the two studios just kept bumping heads and money was kind of being burnt and yay at just said fuck it and canceled it uh in the first half of 2019 um and now it looks like EA just won't have a game for this holiday or no big game, specifically no Star Wars game for this holiday because they want to hit a Star Wars game every year or close to every year. And that will not happen this year because they canceled a third Star Wars game in a row. <laughs> um, thoughts, Dave, on EA trying to figure this out? Um I mean, I think that they were very worried about the perception like that Battlefront had gotten uh, Battlefront 1 and 2. Um, but in terms of like the success that we're seeing of Respawn's game, um, you know, like we were hearing that, you know, Disney's open to, you know, more studios making stuff because of Spider-Man's mm-hmm. success and, um, you know, Fallen Order's success. But uh, I... <laughs> At this point in time, like it's kind of one of those things where unless you're respawn and you work for EA right now, like it's rough going. 
<laughs> there's a lot of problems happening it seems like in terms of with 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 game development and how they're trying to make the game um or make a good game and then they were, we even saw reports that respawn wanted the game out whether it was respawn or whether it was ea wanted the game out before the holiday bugs and all like they mm-hmm. could they could have delayed it a couple months and cleaned up the bugs i didn't think the bugs were terrible I don't think it, you know, like deterred from the game. I feel like they should be fixed by now. I don't know if they are or they aren't. I haven't gone back on my PC one in a while. But um, I think when you're messing, not messing, but when you're developing an iconic franchise like that, there's a lot of stress and pressure that come with it. Mm-hmm. And in terms of like, just forget it, like just start over again, like is is a valid thing. Um, I think hearing about this is crazy. Like, just let it, you know, like, I, I wonder if we ever heard about every idea that didn't, you know, that, that was in development that got squashed. Like, we'd probably be amazed. Yeah, especially knowing how far some of these have gotten. How many only got half as far as these projects? How many got a quarter as far as these projects? It's kind of crazy, because these three games that were canceled sound like they were in pretty active development. And then scrapped, you know? Uh, it's kind of crazy. Uh, currently, according to Jason Schreier, uh, EA has two Star Wars games in development, uh, a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order, because of course, uh, and then what he calls a unusual project uh, at EA Motive, uh, who's located, which is located in Montreal, which I believe Jade Raymond was a part of EA Motive, and that studio was helping with Visceral's ragtag uh, game. Uh, my only fear is response success being like a double-edged sword uh in terms of ea just being like strap a rocket and just let's ride respawn yeah that's that's Uh, that's working until they make something bad exactly and with ea it it, that's possible Uh, or rush they kind of did it to bioware (laughs) yeah yeah where bioware now has to like take a couple year breather and regather themselves uh, my fear is they're just gonna like, you know, just keep working respawn until it doesn't work. You know, kind of like how Activision does that to Call of Duty Studios. You know, Infinity mm-hmm. Ward was like untouchable. Funny, I pick Infinity Ward because those people ended up leaving to go for respawn, but the respawn people are finding themselves possibly or potentially in the same situation that they found themselves when they were at Infinity Ward, where they had success, they were pumping out hits, but then the publisher was just like, you know pushing them and telling them keep going and then it just fell apart uh a little different how they fell apart there but you you get the idea right yeah uh, i'm curious to what this contract like i would love to see what this contract says in terms of what parameters they have to hit to maintain the license because the stories and the rumblings of ea or i'm sorry of disney pulling that license from ea have gone away since fallen order has done well yes so they just like they've stopped being reported on, um, but it's just it's very interesting to to see like because we've always heard like this is why we're sometimes getting some of those garbage Spider-Man movies because Sony had to hit you know a certain you know certain parameters to maintain what they were going after. So mm-hmm. um, you know like this you know is this are these things leaking because EA has to you know defend themselves to disney like no no no. we swear like look we were really close here but this happened and now we're gonna take this part and put it over here and we're gonna make this new one and it's gonna be better 
And then, you know, two years later, like, okay, now we took that other part and this other part and we're going to put it over here now. Like, it's like, are they just, you know, trying to, like, save face? Because I've also heard rumblings and people have been really, like, don't tease me about it, but, like, Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's supposed to be being, you know, revitalized again, allegedly. So I don't know if that's, again, of them, you know, going to 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 Disney and going, look, 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 don't take it, don't take it. This is what we're doing. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. So, but I just hate hearing about this stuff because it just frustrates the, it, it frustrates people. But it's, I, I equate it to sports a lot of times. Like if you, you know, if you've ever watched any of those movies, like some of them are extreme. Like Draft Day is extreme, and you know, Moneyball was really close. But you know, the amount of like deals that like almost happen, or you know that. And I wonder if, like, this is kind of the same, almost the same thing, where somebody has a really cool idea and it gets changed or it gets evolved or, you know, like, I, I still remember hearing about, I'm going to get the name the name wrong, but um, Halo Wars games were first intended and, and developed to, to be something completely different. And mm-hmm. Micro- Microsoft said, oh, that's a really cool idea, but we want you to make it a Halo game. And they're like, well, we were hoping to go this way. And they're like, well, if you want your money, it's going to be a Halo game. Yeah, it worked out in the end, but yeah. still, it probably crushed uh, people that worked on whatever story it was originally going to be. Right, that it had to be something else. Yeah, and and you wonder with companies like you know like EA, Activision, like the big companies, how many of these ideas that they see, like we heard, you know, the 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 Star Wars game, they're really trying. Like, remember when everyone was trying to make a Destiny clone? Right, and that's currently what. Uh, bioware appear to be dealing with where they've kind of like threw out like two versions of dragon age four uh and one of them possibly was like a connected always online experience and luckily they apparently threw that away but you wonder how many games went through that thing of like how can we add microtransaction to it and then when the answer is like well we can't and they're like well throw that in the bin and or make something else or you get fallout 76 Yes, which is like a horrible compromise. You, <laughs> you, you basically give a, like an up and coming studio or an artillery studio, like, hey, here's this franchise, just fucking do horrible things to it, and then hope it doesn't hurt like the main studio. And then what usually happens is the main studio then gets their tarnished IP back, and then that other studio just suffers for it of like, oh, they made that bad game. Uh, it's like a it's a lose lose situation when it comes to that, and then uh, especially trying to rebound from having that stigma put on you, like is is so hard. Both. Yeah, yeah, like the original holders of the IP and yep. studio that damaged it. Well, I mean, you look at the the Batman Arkham games, and if you if you if you talk to anybody in the public about or anybody that's played the games of like, "Hey, we're hearing rumblings of another Batman Arkham game." Oh, is it going to be the good studio or the bad studio? Yeah. Which almost to an extent is like unfair because like the Montreal team made an okay game, it just didn't live up to the the standards of a Rocksteady game. Right. You know, it's where if the Rock City games didn't exist and Batman Origins like lived on its own, people would probably be like, holy shit, this was a really good Batman game. But it had to be in the shadow of the Rocksteady games. Uh, it, it gets complicated at that point. No, it does. It's, it's, yeah. it's rough. 
uh, our last story, though, which is another uh, number story, since uh, me and Dave seem to really enjoy this, uh, these types of stories. This company that just uh, buys whatever they want. <laughs> yeah, so uh, THQ Nordic, uh, their parent company, Embracer Group, have reportedly spent up to $375 million for the studio behind World War Z, uh, Saber Interactive. How uh, if how is this worth more than Insomniac? Oh yeah, so this is potentially worth more than Insomniac because outside of World War Z, Saber Interactive is a a mercenary studio. Uh, they're responsible for the following remasters and ports: Halo Master Chief Collection. Uh, a lot of the uh, ports to the Switch, Call of Cthulhu, Vampire, The Witcher 3 to the Switch, uh, the Ghostbusters remaster. Uh, if you go to their site, they remaster and remake a lot of games. So a lot of contract work. And apparently World War Z selling 3 million copies when it probably... No one thought it was going to do well. That was like the deciding factor or one of the big factors behind why THQ Nordic's parent company wanted to buy them is because World War Z, an underdog game, I guess, um, sold so well. And then also would probably really help though, or helped as well, is The Witcher 3 ports. So they did the 4K port for the PC and they did the switch port and witcher sales have been through the roof since the witcher show so i'm sure they're seeing some sort of revenue stream from how well the witcher series is doing and they just figured out how to cross save it from pc to switch which drove me crazy because i would buy it on the switch but i only own it on ps4 yeah um but yeah, uh, and then apparently uh, this might be where Saber gets a lot of money too and we just don't know it because this isn't our area. Uh, they own a lot You're of gonna say casino something mobile. games. Okay, yes. <laughs> casino mobile games and okay. mobile games, but okay. they have something called uh, Slotteria, Slototeria, which is a free-to-play mobile casual casino game for browsers and mobile so i'm sure that is probably doing something for them as a company uh that they looked attractive enough especially like when i first saw that number 375 million that's not the final number that's the maximum number reported from game informer that has to play a factor but i looked at that number and i was like holy shit how much did insomniac sell for right and which was 295 million, I believe. 229, I thought you said. Yeah, something like that. This is kind of crazy, but their, I think the work is consistent. Yeah, I mean, it, it might be the mobile aspect, obviously, of like a, a huge microtransaction. Like we've seen, like what Candy Crush, you know, generates for Activision Blizzard. Um, but then, you know, like you said, like I didn't really read too much into it. This is the first time I saw it. But in terms of the amount of properties that THQ owns, that could potentially be remastered or ported over to the Switch. If this company has the ability to turn these out rapidly, 
They do. They, yeah. my God, like yeah. last year alone, they released a lot of games. Then I could, I could definitely see the, where the value is. And also like this negotiating comes down to, um, just essentially what is in the contract and, and is going to be allowed of like, essentially like we've heard, you know, Sony with even their current own studios of saying, do what you want present to us what you want to do and then then given the time to do it versus we own you versus maybe THQ parents saying we own you you're going to do what we say and mm-hmm. and you then pay for that you know you you then it, that does cost more for you know to to there, obviously everybody has a price and mm-hmm. and that that price can change depending on you know well, I don't. Well, we still want to make our own games. Well, how about we we write this number on a napkin and give it to you, and you, and you do what we say. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it could be one of those things where, as a company, what they've been doing, a majority of their work has been remasters. They are probably really comfortable doing that. You know, uh, we we see on like the Sony side, even though Sony doesn't own them, like Blue Point, they they remaster games. That's what they do, and they make a decent living. Uh, just add water does a lot of the port work so that's like very uh or iron galaxy also does that 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 is that is a viable market and it is a good way to keep your company functioning and afloat so Mm -hmm. that is probably really attractive for a bigger company to be like hey we could just make get the studio they're just gonna pump out like safe things you know remasters of already successful games and then just you know watch the money roll in yeah, uh, that that's it uh, for news. Unless you had any other thoughts on that? Um, no, I mean, just it's the amount of studios that we're seeing being purchased in the last twelve to eighteen months is just crazy. It seems like there's like an arms race for for development studios right now. It's kind of crazy. All right, uh, so we're gonna jump over to what we're playing and watching. Um, so I'll go first. Um, I've been playing a little bit more Division, just trying to. I mean, it's kind of got its hooks back into me, um, just in terms of playing, and then a, a huge amu- amount of our community has picked it up because it was three dollars. So, kind of helping some people level up, and then the resurgence the game has seen has been has been really cool. Um, and they've even the Division Two developers have even been talking about it. Um, the plenty of it uh, increased player base and it's a really you know we've talked about this before about like you know either making your game free before your sequel comes out making this game three dollars and trying to to find out if somebody um enjoys playing it and then saying hey you've had fun the last month like here's the new thing you mm-hmm. know is is a really is really good um i've been playing with a lot of the community trying to help some of them level up and the the ability to scale in the game is much much better than i remember it being so in terms of me taking a max level character, a high top tier gear score, going down to somebody that's even as low as a level five or six, they're not getting smoked when I join them. Like they're they're able to contribute and they're able to play and they're able to understand and learn what's going on. Um, is is very very good. So in terms of how they've been able to balance that game correctly, to where like I literally was playing with uh, uh, Soul and he was level like four. And I took my character in there and he keeps wanting to come into my world and play because he levels up way faster when he's playing with me. 
and, mm-hmm. and and but he has to play the story in the campaign to to unlock other things. I'm like, so we I go like like you start your game session. No, I'm having more fun in yours because my number's going up faster. I'm like, you're still gonna have to go back and play this stuff. <laughs> like he's like, oh, I, I'm level eight now. I can join the clan. I go not until you get through three story missions in the game and recruit the person. <laughs> like we gotta play. So like that, you know, like. That dynamic is there. And I guess, you know, he's like, well, I'll be level 13 when I try to play a level 6 thing, so it'll go better. And I'm like, yeah, sure. But you're kind of, like, I feel like you're kind of wasting, not necessarily wasting your time because you're having fun. I'm not going to tell somebody what they can or can't do to have fun, but it could be just more efficient of using of using my character and, and and going through your stuff. But I'll have to test it with him and see if that's any better. Um, but... There's tons of people talking about it. There's tons of people playing it in our community. Join the Discord. You can, you know, there's a there's a Division Two channel in there that I made just because of how much conversation is being had around the division, um, and we can, you know, we can play and figure something out. Um, we we have our own DDG clan, so you're more than welcome. I think there's like 15 people in there already, which is like just crazy to me. Um, when I when I converted the Destiny clan to DDG, I knew that. I mean, I had a community of, of people that I had played with um, uh, that were that came with me um, just because the way that the clan system worked in there was rewarding enough to, to warrant it. The, the way that the clan system was working in division two, I, I don't know it fully well, but like we're already like level 12 or something, which is just mm-hmm. crazy. Um, it's so it's been, it's been a blast um, just playing that. And then I picked up a switch. Nice. <laughs> yeah you finally broke yeah so i got a switch i got a pretty good deal on it um it i did buy it you know third party but uh it's it's a new it's 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 only a couple months old and i got a you know I, it came with mario odyssey and i picked up uh breath of the wild today i was actually um surprising like the i wanted to be able to play the the, the goal with it is to to get owen my four-year-old starting to play video games and I Get figure, a protector. yeah, I, I'm gonna need to look into that for sure, because uh, he's already been carrying it like up and down stairs, and I'm like, stop! <laughs> like I'm so worried that something's gonna happen to it. Um, but uh, he, surprisingly, I had to help him a little bit, but he's gotten through some of the in Mario Odyssey. He's gotten through a couple levels. Um, he's found okay. some things. He's figured he's he, he's struggling a little bit. So it actually has an assist mode. Um, Mario Odyssey has an assist mode you can turn on that has yeah. air, that has arrows for it that um, take that tell you which way to go. It doesn't like I, I the thing that I maybe wish it would have is like the main mechanic with Odyssey. And I know I'm playing like a whatever a four year old game. Sorry guys, is um, the Mario throwing his hat mm-hmm. is kind of like the weapon. And I feel like in, in assist mode, I think that I would I wish that watching my son play that i wish it would be a little bit have a little bit more magnetism to it like if you're kind of like in the proximity it would kind of like track a little bit better because even for me like learning to get to it to adjust to it has been a little bit of a challenge um but it's it's cool i haven't really i looked at that online thing for like 20 bucks and i'm probably going to pick that up just because of the, the nintendo and super nintendo games that you get yeah that that and it's it's like 20 bucks to a month or 24 or 20 bucks a month, year 24 dollars for a year yeah so it's not that bad and you get tetris 99 so. yeah because my wife is like i don't know i was like well maybe you can play this and i was like well tetris is free and she's like that don't tell me that she's like that's not a good thing so yeah she's gonna be doing tetris battle royale yeah um 
but you know he and he's already like you know he's he's starting to pick it up we've just picked it up this weekend so we, we haven't been playing it a lot but i'm just i'm very i i need people because i was even doing a little bit of googling like the i i need somebody to recommend something that maybe they're you know five four or five six year old and was playing and was having some success with um, the lego games yeah i'll have to look into those i saw that paw patrol game but that's still like 30 dollars and i was like that game has been some out some of the <laughs> switch stuff doesn't go on sale as often as you would want no uh, i know I did. I did mess with him, and I made him lick a game. <laughs> oh God! Really? <laughs> yeah. He didn't like it. <laughs> Hopefully, it was the brand new game you bought, as opposed to the used one you bought. Yes, yes, it was. So. Okay, just making sure. So. <laughs> just because I knew he would do it if I go here, check this out, and he did it, and he's like, yeah. "That tastes funny." <laughs> did um, you taste one? No, of course not. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no what you do is you you should have like lied to him if like someone doesn't want to do it you lick it but lick the label because that doesn't have the stuff on it <laughs> um but yeah i will have to check out some of the other stuff that's on there that's available on the switch um it'll be it'll be a slow process um in terms of picking up this new mixer and picking up a switch i, I don't think i'll be spending any more money anytime soon <laughs> dave is poor now <laughs> um. patreon.com slash <laughs> But uh, it's been it's been fine. Uh, um, my wife's been super patient. Uh, she 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 traveled this week with uh with Zoe down to eastern uh, eastern Kentucky to visit, and she you know she's been super patient with helping me set up the stuff, set up the mixer and and mess with some things, and she's been producing a bunch of stuff on the YouTube channel. So she's been she's been helping. Having her as an editor has been a huge godsend for for both Michael and I with our our crazy schedules michael somehow always can make time like hey, if you need me to edit let me know and i'm like thinking like where where could i like record and pay attention and edit and still have time to play games and work <laughs> so so the, the trick is you just don't sleep yeah I, I i i get cranky when i get enough sleep so <laughs> but um for the most part it's been it's it, it's been a pretty pretty busy week. Um, stuff should hopefully start settling down soon. And then I just I haven't even hooked the switch up. I mean, like I said, I've only had it for like forty eight hours. I haven't even hooked it up to to a TV yet. I've just been playing it in handheld mode. So, which yeah. still kind of like I can already kind of feel my hands cramping a little bit. So, yeah, you can get some different controllers for that. Like there's some third party ones that are a little bit bigger that you could get down the line. But it's it's fine. Uh, I will say uh, the Power Eight controllers—they might be a little too small for you, but they're cheap. Yeah. Like if when once you're playing, because I go back and forth between whether I actually like when you just have the Joy Cons out on their own or use that little bracket thing the Switch comes with. Yeah, I uh, haven't messed with that bracket thing yet. Owen did a little bit, but no. Nah. Uh, but the Power Eight controllers aren't too bad. They're a little bit on the small side. Like the the offset sticks, or like the D pad and the right stick are just way too close, uh, for my comfort. Like uh-huh. just how they are and how your hands oh, like hold. Oh yeah, I can see that. Controller, yeah. which is kind of annoying. Uh, which is why when I streamed a Switch, like I felt like I was playing way worse than usual because I hadn't played on that Power A controller in forever. Uh huh. And I just forgot how close they are just because I've been just doing handheld. Yeah, uh, and that, so that often. official controller is like eighty bucks. <laughs> yeah, and that 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 rarely goes on. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, but that's it for playing and watching. Um, I didn't really watch a lot of stuff this week at all. So just caught up on a couple of the shows with my wife. Nothing nothing too crazy, just our recorded stuff. So Yeah. 
uh, for myself, uh, a lot of dreams, uh, PS4. I always feel like I have to say PS4 after saying dreams, just because it just sounds weird. Just feel like, yeah, I have a lot of dreams. Uh, been playing dreams a lot since it's like officially out now. You know, it's out of early access as of nine days ago or whatever, ten days ago. Uh, I I streamed it uh, twice this week, uh, which was pretty fun because each stream that I've done, there have been people that have made levels that just happen to be surfing all the Twitch streams, just promoting their levels they made in dreams. So I've just been talking to people uh, during the stream who are making levels and are trying to get people to play levels and want feedback. Uh, the community seems to be really strong in those early goings. Uh, and just seeing people like promote themselves has been kind of interesting and fun of just like, Hey, yo, play my stuff in dreams. And it's been pretty good. Luckily people that have been recommending me to play their levels, their levels have been like interesting or good or like just tech demos. So I haven't been like, Ooh, this is not great. Uh, but yeah, uh, dreams is kind of amazing. Uh, it, it's just people learning, you know, game design, game design 101. Uh, there, there's a lot of rough stuff out there, but for every like, weird tech demo or weird broken level people have made there's always like a, just a little glimmer of hope in each one of them of just like okay i get what they were going for uh if they keep working on this they could make something amazing and then when i do see something that's really truly amazing i'm just like dumbfounded and just impressed that people were able to make this on a ps4 using dreams uh, it's it's just kind of like mind blowing. The uh, the only thing that uh, I, I find kind of funny though is currently because the game's still relatively new. You know, it was in early access last year. That's when I picked it up. Uh, currently, right now, when you play a lot of the stuff on the front page is just like stolen IP. You know, it's just <laughs> copyright infringement like galore. You know, because you have your Crash Bandicoot levels. Uh, someone made the PT demo into a full silent hill game that has like cutscenes, opening intro like dialogue trees you know like people are messing around with ips as as much as possible i've seen a ton of sonic stuff most of it bad but <laughs> whatever uh mario stuff all over the place someone is remaking fallout 4 in dreams and it's insane how like accurate it is hasn't someone done like the opening to final fantasy in there or was that little big planet I, I believe someone has done uh, the. I think I've. I, I want to say it was Final Fantasy VII for sure. Right. Uh, but I've seen some other openings for like Final Fantasy VIII, I believe, or nine. Uh, there's a ton of this stuff, which so far, Media Molecule hasn't had to police just yet, but that's probably more determined by if the IP holders want to make a big deal a lot about it. About it, but I don't know if any of the IP holders really care right now just because no one wants to be the bad guy that like shuts down like well, dream levels and i think the biggest thing is that there's not i mean we've heard that there's gonna uh, there, there can be a potential to monetize stuff that you make in dreams but i don't think that dreams would ever allow something to be monetized that's not unique yeah i i think that won't be a problem uh, so right now what my current theory is because the game is new, people are learning the tool sets. 
people are going to use established IPs and mechanics from those games just because they're learning about how the game works and functions and it's easier to try and recreate something than to make something from scratch. And I feel like over time, the copyright infringement stuff, the stolen IPs, that will fade away as creators dig in deeper and deeper in the tool set and don't need to rely on making something like another Sonic game or a Mario game, that will fade away. It, it won't go away forever, but it won't be the main thing on the front page because already there's people that have made, you know, what feels like full games, uh, original ideas, character models that aren't just copies of other character models or, or like famous characters. And that is going to fade away as people get more confident with the tool set and are willing to put themselves out there and create more original ideas. Yeah. But I, I guess like the same parallel I would draw is like, could like the Chicago bulls do anything if a kid wrote, drew on a t-shirt like the bulls logo and put a name and put a name on the back and then wore it anywhere. Like they can't really do anything about that. Can they? I mean, they can't do anything about that unless they find themselves unless like someone's doing it for profit you know and that's, that's just heard I, about yeah that's my point though is like nobody's really profiting off of i don't think that people are buying media dreams. molecule and sony are technically profiting off of it do you think that they're yeah. profiting because people are making mario clones they're profiting because people are making levels that people want to right now if you search dreams on youtube the fallout thing is like the top search result and the top search results for that are other people's IPs created in dreams. And that is enough to drive people to those games. Like, Oh, I want to see this weird fallout Four creation. It's a roundabout way for them to make money, but they are making money by selling dreams that happens to feature all this copyrighted stuff. It's just a matter of will anyone care? Because I doubt Nintendo's worried that people are breaking or playing like a busted ass Mario game, you know, like a Mario game that doesn't quite feel like a Mario game. It just has Mario as a character right. in it. Uh, I, I it, saw I saw you play that one Mario thing and I, I, I don't really know if, if I was Nintendo, if I'd really be worried about that. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. You, they don't have to be worried about, it, but the tool set in dreams is so well someone could probably pull off a really good Mario game and make it, you know, a, a long experience. Would Nintendo care? Probably not. But company, we've seen company, Disney just build a school in California for playing the Lion King at a PTA meeting. They build them $250 for, for playing Lion King at a PTA meeting. So companies are petty. So if companies wanted to be petty with dreams, they probably could be. But I, I, I'm not too worried about that, or at least in over a long period of time, I'm not really worried about that because right now I would say it's like a 60, 40 split on the front page of dreams of like 60% of it has copyright issues, but the other 40% is creative original ideas. And I can see that evening out and then favoring create uh, like original ideas over time. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's right now it's just kind of a crutch just because people are learning things and just need some sort of base to work off of. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm, I'm probably going to do dream streams like kind of regularly now, just because I'm enjoying 
just the interactivity in them has been fascinating yeah um <laughs> it, it, it's it's cool and it, it, they're building like a uh, an interesting community and someone like me who likes has weird no stuff interest in <laughs> yeah, no interest in a creative process i i'm having fun just experimenting seeing what people have like every time i'm on twitter and i saw someone recreated wipeout you know like a level of wipeout in dreams and i'm just like shit i need to play that and then i end up losing track of time because i'm just like oh let me see what other racing games people have made in here or Mm -hmm. just you know you fall down that rabbit hole uh especially when you start following creators and then you're like oh this creator has all this different stuff oh this creator is an animator and they did all the animations for all these different like levels uh it it's just kind of fascinating what what they've built and i was showing my friend who's uh he's a game uh designer or uh, artist um a 3d animator and i was showing him dreams and he was like blown away by what to do in dreams but then i showed him someone actually making the levels and he was just like oh fuck that that's super (laughs) like how are people making stuff with these tools just because he's used to actually doing it you know like 3d animators usually do it uh but he was like super impressed like even 3d animators are impressed of what people can do with dreams even if it comes across as kind of like a weird convoluted way to do it compared to what they're used to uh but seeing like dreams like actually impress him was you know kind of interesting of uh, just like oh someone made that They're, they didn't just copy and paste that it's like how would they copy and paste that that's fallout <laughs> 4 someone had to make that from scratch you know right it's just kind of crazy so uh a ton of dreams um the only other game i played uh this week that i'll talk about i played overwatch but i'm not gonna talk about overwatch uh though i have to play overwatch uh, before they ruin Overwatch next season, but I, I, I won't get into it. God damn it! Uh, I've been playing uh, uh, a game, Broomstick League. Uh, they had a free-to-play weekend. Uh, it's a game currently in early access, and I believe it's coming out in March. Uh, but they had a, a free-to-play weekend, I guess, to test out the servers. It's on PC. Um, this is basically uh, Rocket League meets uh, like Quidditch or, you know, like Wizards. Um, uh, the Quidditch comparison kind of just ends at the fact that your players are on broomsticks because Quidditch in the Harry Potter universe is far more complicated than this game. Uh, Broomstick League is a 3v3 game where you have three wizards, you have uh, a dash ability, a teleport ability, uh, and like a blast ability. And you're just trying to get a ball into the goal and it's just, you know, you're, you're wizards, you're on broomsticks, you're flying around uh, the map. Uh, so I didn't really get into this. Like, I, I played uh, several games, and I just couldn't quite get into it. it. I was playing on gamepad. I think I might need to play it on mouse and keyboard, uh, just because I found a movement just to be just a little too slow. Uh, there was something kind of uh, almost, like, dead about it like that i just didn't really feel like it was very action actiony uh it seems like people are comparing this to rocket league uh but playing and seeing rocket league and then seeing and playing broomstick league it's just that comparison just doesn't work for me other than the fact that it's a 3v3 multiplayer game Mm -hmm. where you put a ball in a goal um 
it, it it has some potential. I can see that uh, because it's coming out of early access and coming out in a couple weeks or like a month. Uh, worries me that they're not going to make enough changes to it that's going to make me want to play it again. Uh, but if you're interested in like you know Harry Potter Quidditch type stuff, maybe this will do something for you, and the Rocket League appeal will come into play. Though I don't feel like it's enough Rocket League or enough Quidditch to satisfy like what i would want from that type of experience (laughs) um though i'm not an expert at like harry potter i just finished the third book uh and the third movie uh today actually um so that's my point uh playing and watching and uh broomstick league dreams reading harry potter and then seeing the third potter movie as i continue my quest to finish all the Harry Potter content I can. It's just funny that Broomstick League had a free to play weekend right in the middle of me reading Harry Potter and going through that whole series, which is why it caught my interest. Uh, Cause if I would have seen that this had a free to play weekend uh, before I re- started reading Harry Potter books, I probably would have had no interest in it, but timing is everything. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, but, That's it. Yep. All right, so it looks like we only have one question this week. So, guys, go ahead and send us some more questions. The more obscured they are, the better. I think that it sparks a lot of conversations. Um, So they don't only have to be gaming-related. They don't only have to be next-gen related. Um, They can be whatever you want to know, for the most part. (laughs) Um, So Stephen Wren on the Facebook groups, what is the furthest you've driven to go and get food, and what was it? You want to go first? Okay. Um, Fat Burger. I've flown to California <laughs> the Cheater. last five years uh, to get Fat Burger. It's the only reason I go to E3 or even want to go to E3 this year is so I can go to Fat Burger. Uh, uh, but seriously, though, uh, Fat Burger. Um, so. See, I think, uh, I, that, I, think, about- I think this is hard for you and I to both answer because we live in metropolitan areas. Yeah, so the only thing I can think of is I've talked about Kuma's Corner before on the show. Dave is probably familiar because I've talked about Kuma's Corner. It's like a death metal burger bar. Uh, They have several locations in Chicago. Um, Two that are relatively easy for me to get to. Like three miles away. The other one is like six miles away. But over the last year, they're... They've done different things to their menu or their service that have annoyed me. So now the only Kuma's Corner I go to is one far as fuck in the suburbs. That's like a 45 minute hour drive. Even though everything's kind of relatively the same at their closer locations, I only go to the one in the suburbs, despite the fact that it's way further out than the rest. So like I would say that is like the furthest I go for good food just because I am in Chicago, so everything is mostly just like a 20-minute train ride at the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, mine's kind of the same thing. I was even talking to my wife about this, and she commented in the Facebook thing about it, and she wanted me, and so Stephen wanted to hear about it. So um, Michael can relate to this a little bit, but he doesn't drive, so he won't be able to relate to it fully. So it snows, obviously. And sometimes, like, the side streets can be worse than the main streets, and then, therefore, that can be worse than the highway. 
Um, so it's a lot of times of we it was like a Sunday morning or Saturday morning, and my um, we have a really good bagel place in our um, in the in the town where Angela and I both grew up, which is only about twenty minutes away from where we live now. Um, so she's like, "Hey, I want." It's actually called New York Bagel. She's like, "I want New York Bagel," and I was like, "I go, it snowed," and she's like, "I'm sure it's fine." So and she she goes she leaves she goes to get them. Um, and she's like, it's, we, she's like, well, it'll probably take me a little while to get out of the subdivision, the, like where we live, a couple side streets. And then she's like, she called me, she's like, the main road's pretty bad. And I was like, well, they probably just haven't plowed yet. Yeah. Like it, like the freeway was terrible. Like it took her probably like an, if I remember like an hour, an hour and a half to get there, which is only like a, you know, normally, like I said, a 20 minute ride on the freeway. And she, she went and got them and she came back and she was gone a long time. <laughs> like um it, it, it's it's kind of one of those things like we we even did it the other day when she came home uh she went and specifically got thai food from a place that was near where we both grew up and then she brought that home to me so that that was great so like us like traveling far like you said to 20 30 minutes maybe out of the way um i do go out of my way like when i'm in certain areas like i remember a couple times i've been in the dallas airport i go out of my way to get like whataburger um, never had Whataburger. I really yeah. want a layover in Dallas. Yeah. Um, just for that. That's what I was actually looking forward to when I had a layover in Houston. I thought there would be something kind of unique or cool in the Houston airport. And there may have been, but that airport was gigantic. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I didn't have a lot of time between my flights. So I was like, I just kind of dealt with whatever was right in front of me. Um, and the only other thing I can really think of is, and you know, similar to what you've, what you just talked about is like, I'll specifically go past like a KFC to go to a different one that I know is like mm -hmm. better, you know, like, yeah. that, like, like maybe changes their grease more often, you know, yeah, or... they wash their hands. You you went to the bathroom and actually saw an employee wash their hands. Yeah. And they're like, I like that one. Yeah. So, um, I eat a lot of crap. So like, and I, and I'm not immune to the fact that I eat a lot of crap. Um, but I find the better made crap. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the same thing in Chicago. It's just like every hot dog place is going to be Vienna hot dogs. Yeah. But there are only some that you actually go to. Oh, this guy actually pays attention to how long it stays on the roller grill for versus like they just take yeah. it off the roller grill when you get it, you know, anything like that. So yeah, it's the same food, but you're just like, no, I know they put a little bit more effort in it. Though in Chicago, you have the, the tricky thing of the dingier the hot dog stand the better oh, that like food is going to be. Downtown Detroit, like you go to Greek Town, the more of the hole in the wall it is, the better uh, gyro you're going to get. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, same thing with gyro places too over here. Yeah. It's just like the worse it looks, the better it's going to be. Um, there's a huge um, Middle East uh, population in the Metro Detroit area. So mm -hmm. like my wife has a fascination with like shawarma, um, yeah. which I don't, I don't, um, but she, she'll go to specific places. But you can also just find those those mom and pop shops that, you know, like, especially like, even if you're, you know, like, you know, like, holy cow, you're actually nice to somebody else. They're nice to you, you know, like, in you know, versus, you know, so you get a really good sandwich made or you get, you know, like those, just those places and finding those is, is always, you know, fascinating. Um, but there's a, a pretty large diversity of food, like where, where we live. Um, and like, we've got a lot of, um, really nice bakeries with like fat Tuesday coming up. Like we've got some, you know, some cool punchy places. Um, like my wife at one point in time, does it actually, get crazy over there on fat Tuesday? It can like going down to Hamtramck, which is like a po huge Polish population. Yeah, man. Every, <laughs> every fat Tuesday, 
you turn on the news and then each news station is at a different bakery with a yeah. line around the block and it's just like wow yeah i mean and you are polish right yes yeah so like do you, like i'm just curious like does does your family like make punchkis no 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 uh my dad's polish and my okay. mom is mexican so my mom does like most of the cooking okay. so uh no and we're pretty like uh, gentrified american so yeah, yeah. but it's i mean pretty I, like, like basic stuff there's you know we've she'll buy them sometimes i got a desperation but we like because she's forgotten it's coming up or or, or you know something like that but she's also driven to hamtramck to get punch keys and those are super good um mm. but then we've also bought them from like meyer or the local grocery the the, the chain grocery store yeah and they're okay like nothing nothing too crazy but it's always been you know fascinating interesting just to to find other other food in the in the you know and i'm not like opposed to trying new things like even when you and i've been in la like we've you know i'll get something I'm not afraid to buy off a food truck or from no, that, not at all. From yeah. that lady pushing like, a shopping cart outside of E3, like I'll buy <laughs> those fucking hot dogs yeah. and bratwursts on the little like they're not even they don't even like a proper grill. It looks like a garbage yeah. can. Um, it's fucking delicious. And 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 again, you and I are exposed to it. Like the stuff that it sometimes you can eat better, like going to a baseball game by not eating in the stadium. Yeah, it, it's just funny though. Uh, the crew we used to go to uh, for e3 you can tell some people were more sheltered than others because me and dave would be like yeah fuck it that place looks great and they're like oh no that looks a little scary me and dave were like no it looks fine yeah (laughs) you can tell the 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 two for sure that are from major cities and and the other ones that aren't josh wasn't too bad you know josh would be a little adventurous but the people that are from you know the kind of live on their routine of like taking their peanut butter and jelly sandwich to work every day or like i don't want to eat that (laughs) yeah that place looks like i'll get shot and like that place is gonna have the best fucking hot dog you've ever had you might get shot though remember where we stayed um yeah god the pizza place right on the corner man that was like one of the best pizzas i've had in los angeles ever yeah and it was like a dollar fifty a slice and and nobody spoke english (laughs) we just pointed at the menu like and it looked like a place that you couldn't actually buy food from, but yeah. we were able to. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's one thing that like I like traveling with you, Dave, is because like when I go to another city, I don't want to get something I can get in my own city. Yeah, you know, like I will make those compromises. You know, like we would go to Jersey Mike's in LA, and that's just because it was simple and easy. But if I can get something that I can't get at home, or uh, what you and I were looking at Korean barbecue places like four days before we picked one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we were just like desperate, uh, just like we want Korean barbecue. Yeah, uh, just because surprisingly, Chicago doesn't have a ton of Korean barbecue, or if it does, it's like I think really there's overpriced. Like, there's one here, and I, I you know, because my wife keeps hearing about it, and I want to take her, and you know, it's just like I don't think I, I've looked a little bit, but I haven't found anything. So, yeah, uh, but we got to end uh, the food talk. Uh, Bad seventy six is getting a little hungry. And- <laughs> All right, uh, so spotlight. So I want to know. Because I, I give Michael crap about it, but I want to know, do you guys want to see me stream playing the Switch? Because I'm not going to delve down into the indie the indie hole like he does. Like, if he finds something that he thinks I would enjoy, like, I'll play it. But I'm not going to just randomly, like, throw a dartboard at a game and be like, I want that one, like Michael will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not that adventurous. Um, but, like, I'm curious, like, would you guys want to see my playthrough of a Zelda? Uh, would you want to see playing Mario Odyssey? Would you want to see... 
I'll, she'll go on stream. I know she will. If you want to see my wife and I play like a multiplayer game, like on, you know, like I want to know, do you guys want to see us? I, I'm sure that, you know, like everybody's like, Hey, just stream anything but destiny, which I haven't done in a long time, just for the record. Okay. <laughs> um, and I know I still got to get Horizon Zero Dawn done, and I've got to get some other, you know, before I delve super deep into it. But let me know if those are, you know, things that, you know, because I forgot, like, Donkey Kong. I used to love Donkey Kong Countries, like, so, and those games are there. Um, like, like a lot of the Nintendo first-party games, I would definitely uh, be willing to check out. But if it's not something that you, because mainly I want to know, do you want me to hook this thing up to this massive desk that i have here with all this stuff that i have going on and if i don't have to do that like cool but if you guys think that you would actually get entertainment out of that or uploading it to youtube or anything like that like i would love to know do you want to see that um but like i said i'm not gonna go super deep into these these random games the what's what's the one you've been playing on the dragon that one looks really cool though yeah earth knight yeah that 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 game looks like it might be kind of reminds me like of an endless runner style game though so. Oh no, for sure. And it totally has that, that vibe, but it's more about the, the platforming and challenge. Um, what I do want to see Dave is I want to see you get Nintendo online, uh, download the NES and SNES, uh, emulator things. And then I want to see Dave plays old games or old streams. <laughs> all I want. I'm not opposed to, just, you know, cause yeah. I, I love Nintendo. Like when I was, especially when I was a kid, that's what I had. So like I said, when I saw the Nintendo online, I was like, what do I really need this for? I don't have any games that go online. But then I like looked at like the, the, their quote unquote virtual console. I'm like, oh, that'd be kind of fun to mess with for a little bit. But that's probably mm-hmm. all I would do with it is mess with it for a little bit. So. I, yeah. I messed with like every game on that for maybe like two, three minutes. And then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. This feels like it was made in 1985. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, please send us some more questions using hashtag AskDigitalDays. Um, we have a announcement thread on our Facebook group that you can just post a question in as well. Or if you just think of it, just post it there and we'll pull it. Uh, you can join the Facebook group, just Digital Days Gaming. Just search that. And then everything else you can find uh, just by searching Digital Days Gaming or Twitch and YouTube and um, DigitalDaysGaming.com, uh, Facebook.com, Digital Days Gaming. Uh, Patreon is the same as well. The only thing that's different is our Twitter handle is at Digital uh, Days Pod, and then you can follow Michael at the First MJC One ST, and you can follow myself at Good Dave Hunt. Um, add us on PSN, Steam, um, Xbox, or you know, like I have Xbox on the PC. Uh, I haven't even remotely know what my friend code is on Nintendo. I haven't looked at that yet. <laughs> so. I'm sure it's going to be some ridiculous number, but no, I mean, if you made a screen name, you can find you from that screen name. Okay. I'll have to look at, I haven't rested that too. I haven't like, I haven't made a Nintendo account yet. Okay. I think I have one because from when I had a Wii, but I God knows what email that's attached to. <laughs> Nor do I think I have any points or anything tied to it. So I'll probably just make a brand new one. Yeah. Um, but, uh, that is our show. Um, do you got anything else, Michael? Uh, yeah, I'm going to be at uh, C2E2 uh, this coming weekend, uh, March 28th to the 1st. Just I'm just running around like an idiot looking at all the cool shit, um, which will probably mess with recording live next week. So me and Dave need to figure that out. Uh, but yeah, I'll just be running around a convention for three days because I go to the whole thing every every year for the last, oh God, I think it's like the eighth year I'm going to go to C2E2. So if you happen to run into me there at C2E2, uh and want an awkward hello uh, i'll be walking around there somewhere 
Yeah, maybe I'll just move the recording to Monday because I think I'm going to pick my son up anyways. So Yeah. All right. Yeah, so please follow us on the socials uh, if you can. And join the Facebook group. Join the Discord. All those links are in the show notes. Um, they'll be in the YouTube notes if you're watching on YouTube as well. Um, and they should be in our Twitch panel below. So just check them out and you can join the community, hang out. Join the conversation. Uh, support us on Patreon if you choose. Uh, you do get access at the $3 tier to a private Discord channel. Um, but then Discord's growing. Um, I, I, I personally like Discord a little bit more than Facebook. I respect what Facebook is, and I love the conversations that we're having in Facebook. I just like the more um, promptness of Discord, of where you can post something and you can see somebody responding and, and the conversations that can happen there versus waiting for a notification or... Facebook not notifying you that somebody else commented on it because they're notorious for that. Yeah. Um, I spent like 20 minutes the other day looking for the the mention that Digital Days Gaming had just to find out it was you. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm trying to find out who, like, did somebody leave us a review? Did somebody mention something? Did they, you know, did, did they do any of that, the, uh, anything like that? And just uh, it was a pain to, to maneuver it. But um, we don't want to stretch ourselves too thin, but... That's where we're at with everything. So Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. And then, uh, f again, feel free to check out Patreon. We will be recording some bonus content this week, I believe. Yeah. Um, and we sh plan to release that within 30 to 60 days to the public so you can know what you missed out on. So, um, but again, feedback, always appreciated. Feedback about the show, feedback about Patreon, what you like about it, what you don't like about it. It's too much. It's not, a, you know, there's not a cool enough reward. Um, any of that stuff we're always looking for. So uh, I hope everyone has an awesome week and uh, keep moving forward. See ya.